Hi, everybody. I'm Sess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Are you tired of wasting money on marketing that doesn't work? Well, you're not alone. Fortunately, our next guest, Amy Miosovic, has the answer. Amy is a sought-after marketing expert, the founder of Lomos Agency, and the author of The Very Good Marketing Guide. In today's episode, she steps us through how to create a marketing strategy that will turn strangers into converts and help you grow a loyal client base. Welcome to the show. So great to have you with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now, you're a bit of a marketing guru. So can you tell me where did your passion for marketing first come from? It's actually a a weird story. When I was at university, I was studying something completely different. And and I started working part-time for like a, it was like a, a car racing track. And, um, they came to me one day and they said, Oh, Amy, you know, we, we advertise on radio, we advertise on TV, but people your age, they don't listen to radio anymore. They don't listen to TV. And this was back in 2011. And I said to them, well, they use social media, like they use Facebook. And, um, they said, well, like, do you want to have a play with it? And that was really, that was my absolute first like experience in marketing and just having, you know, free reign to do whatever for this really big company just on a whim was just this amazing opportunity. It made me fall in love with the, I guess, the intimacy of of small business as well and and the possibilities of of marketing and how it can actually connect with people that that you didn't realise you could connect with. And so now you've decided to put all that wisdom between now and then into into a book, The Very Good Marketing Guide. What was the reason you decided it was time to put everything down into a book? Well, you know, we've, we run an agency for small business and we've spent such a long amount of time, um, I guess, getting to know people and understanding not just what marketing they need but how to approach it. And small business ownership and, and even medium-sized business ownership as a founder, like it's hard to get a grip on everything, right? And marketing is is something that can seem really complicated. And and I wanted to, I guess, boil down a lot of these uh, these technical concepts or these theoretical marketing concepts into something that that had actions behind it. So something that someone could, you know, get up and do based on our experience and and what we know works on behaviors as well. So that's that's why, yeah, that it's it's taken us a long time to I guess test some of these these pieces that are in this book and collect these amazing stories and and it's come together and it's just it's I'm so proud of it. It's it's a really really nice collection. Yeah, it's actually a great read and I learned some stuff along the way there as well. So um oh, I'm I, so glad. <laughs> <laughs> now just to pick your brain a little bit, what are some typical mistakes that business owners make from your experience when it comes to marketing? Uh, I think consistency is one of the uh, really big ones. And I mean, I own you know a small business myself and, and um, you know, the, the days are long um, and keeping consistency and, and sticking to something and, and giving it 100% of your effort for a long amount of time is really hard um, because it feels like forever, but also it's a risk. I think, you know, with small business, how like every dollar really matters. So sticking with something when you're not getting an immediate result can seem like a really scary thing. Uh, but like, like with anything time, um, 
time plus effort is is normally you know normally leads to results and consistency is something I see really um it's really hard to maintain it is hard to be consistent <laughs> you're right yeah, I, know. <laughs> it, I mean but in, in any aspect of life and, and I guess when you're growing a business like if you try something and you're like yeah I'm going to try it then you know you get busy or you you not get the results that you want and, and it slips away and suddenly you're giving it 20% of your effort instead of 100%. And, and if you're not maintaining like, you know, the 100% of effort, you can't really know whether it does work or doesn't work. Yeah. If you're not willing to give time for your strategy to kind of tick over and actually get some momentum, then you're wasting your time, aren't you? Yeah. It's a really, really tricky one. Um, we have a lot of people that, that give social media a go. And social media is one of those things that you have to show up 100% for um, or at least consistently for. And it's such a quick one that just falls off that, you you know, we have people come back and say, social media is not for me. Was it, is it not for you and your business or is it is it not for you at 20% of the effort that you could be putting in? I guess it's <laughs> a consistency thing that I think a lot of people just, you know, struggle with. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. So what do you think goes into the basis of a a good marketing strategy? What we talk about in the book, um, it's not, it's not complex, right? Um, It's, it's this idea that that there's a linear journey between uh, someone that doesn't know who you are and someone who's your biggest fan, right? So um, the journey from that stranger all the way through that biggest fan, it, it, it's a journey where you're, I guess, these strangers come into contact with your business at different stages. They might visit your website. They might see something, you know, on the internet about you. They might talk to a sales representative. They'll get your products delivered. And eventually, you know, if you've done a really good job, they'll be your biggest fan. But in no world does every single stranger that comes into contact with your business become your biggest fan. It whittles all the way down. Right. So marketing, I guess, is just about understanding that journey and figuring out what you can do along the way to make sure the absolute most number of people go from being a stranger through to being your biggest fan. And a lot of the time when it comes to building a strategy, it's not about just attracting strangers. It's it could be about making the most of every lead that you get and and working on that that conversion rate. Or it could be about um, delivering your products in the absolute best way possible and marketing to your existing customers or or it could be about your website and figuring out how to capture people and and collect those leads like we um we find that so many businesses focus on the new shiny stranger and they might have word of mouth coming in all the time and not really understand you know how to make the most of the people that are already halfway there um so i guess you know when you're building a strategy it's really looking at this entire piece and going well you know, where's the lowest hanging fruit or, or what do we have the resources to improve now and, and how can we dedicate time to it before, you know, going out and, and trying this new exciting thing in the marketing world? I guess as well, um, when it comes to small businesses, they think about marketing and all they really think about is advertising, where they're going to spend their advertising dollars, whereas it is much more complex than that as well and so much about the customer experience and knowing who your customer is and servicing them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of funny and, you know, you would have read it in the book, like we talk about marketing in such a wide context, you know, we talk about sales and we talk about product delivery and we talk about all, all that kind of stuff because um, I guess in, in our, in my world, marketing is anything that's convincing someone to, to do something right. And 
um, that conversion rate or that that opportunity for someone to continue on their journey from being you know a stranger through to a fan all of the things all the interactions you have with them are all marketing opportunities um, and I think that's that's something to kind of step back and look at so if you're putting together a branding pack or or a marketing message or anything like that all of that stuff that has to keep coming in through this entire journey that they're on um, and, and and in a sense, all of those things are marketing things and, and the whole journey is about, you know, marketing effectively. So should we really be thinking about our marketing strategy as part of our day-to-day, everyday business? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a system that is the same as, as any, you know, operating system within a business. And it, it should be something that you, you hold on to and you understand within your organization and, and you talk about it and you align it with your goals. And, and, you know, this, you know, how we're saying this is a linear system. Well, with a linear system, you can work backwards from goals to work out what kind of marketing you need um, or how many, you know, strangers you might need and, and how many of them are going to turn into customers. And if you make that, I guess, part of your day-to-day conversation within your organization, you're always going to, give it the energy it needs. And and that's not to say you have to do all the work yourself because there are so many different technical skills that sit within this marketing umbrella. But as a founder or as a, a marketing you know, leader or, or um, I guess a, a, an, an owner, uh, all that kind of stuff, you, you need to understand it at a high level and understand what the strategy is to combine your intimate knowledge of the business with the technical skills that you may not have um, to get the best result. That's a good point as well. You may not have the technical skills. So as long as you pass that knowledge on to someone else who can do that marketing for you, like don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. Your time would be better spent focusing on what you do well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that's that's not to say that, you know, there's it's kind of two-sided because you don't want to just go, oh, I don't, I, I think we need SEO or well, let's just do some SEO or digital advertising. Um, there's a, there's a middle ground where you need the, you know, the, someone with the technical SEO digital marketing skills, but you need to be able to come to the conversation with, you know, this is what our business is. This is what SEO may mean for us. This is what got like results I might be looking for. Uh, these are the, the customers that we target and, and actually have that conversation where you're both using your own knowledge, you know, your knowledge and the knowledge of the technical, uh, person to, to come up with this amazing solution together. And there's just so much strength in that. And this kind of book is is equipping founders, owners, leaders that may not have that technical knowledge with the foundations to have those conversations. And that's what I wanted to write. Um, I wanted to give anyone the tools that they could use to begin that journey. Mm. So if we're going to be passing um, part of our marketing strategy and action onto someone outside of our business what are some questions we should be asking them before we engage them it's a really interesting one actually and um and and you know my agency sits within i guess the the realm of possible partners and and we often compare what we do to others and try and understand what kinds of i guess services or conversations um we should be having with our customers comparatively to what other people might be having and it's quite a complicated industry because you have someone from a a freelancer that might be costing you ten dollars an hour all the way through to a a local branding agency that might be costing you 250 dollars an hour and it's hard to understand 
you know, what work they do and where the value comes from and what the results are going to be. And, and more money doesn't always mean great results. It's just a very wide industry. And often we, we talk about that with our clients and we bring it up front and we say, well, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, there isn't a one service fits all business and there's not one um, price that people pay. Like it's so diverse that it is really hard for businesses to even choose someone to sit down and talk to. Um, and so those kinds of questions that, that you ask, I guess, are really important to identify, I guess, what, what results you can expect, what kind of help that they need from you, how collaborative the process may be. Um, uh, anything that, that you can talk to them about or bring to them about the wider strategy. So if you sat down to meet with uh, someone in the digital marketing space, and like I said before, they could be an SEO consultant, using, uh, I guess, your knowledge of your entire marketing strategy means that you can sit to them, sit with them and explain that, that the purpose of the work you'd like them to help you with is to help strangers visit your website. And these are the kinds of numbers that you're thinking. How much do you think that would cost? Um, what kind of results can we expect? I, I think those are the kinds of questions to ask as well as, I guess, figuring out whether you guys are a values fit. Um, I definitely think that when you are a business, a small, medium-sized business, and you're looking to partner with an external stakeholder, asking questions about what they would do if you had a difference in opinion, what would their approach be if something wasn't working? Um, are you happy to try ideas that are out of the box? Uh, you know, those kinds of things that might make you understand more about who will be doing the work, what kinds of communication you can expect, whether you are a values aligned company as well. Like those kinds of questions mean that your relationship can be stronger and you'll get the best results and you'll have, you know, hopefully a, a long relationship with them that, that's, that's collaborative and, and healthy. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're talking about the best results as well, like how should business owners be measuring the success of a marketing campaign? Because it's not necessarily all about the sales. No, it's it's really interesting. So that linear journey we were talking about, I guess it's we we break it down into five key steps, and um, there, there's your strangers, there's your visitors of your website, your leads, so people that that you know haven't bought from you but maybe talking to you. There are your customers, so the sales that you're getting, and then there are your fans, so the the people that are giving you all that great feedback. Or, or we we actually use Net Promoter Score um, to to determine how many fans you've got. And each of those touch points has a number that you want to be looking at and measuring. Um, and, and because it's that linear journey, if, if you said to me, well, Amy, I, I'd like 20 sales this month, then we can sit down and go, great. Well, tell me about your sales process from leads to customers. So, um, what's the conversion rate like? And if it's 20%, great. Well, that, that means that, you know, we need, oh, let me just do that quick math. We need a hundred people to contact us this month in order for us to, um, to sell you know, to sell 20 things. Um, so then suddenly you're, you're, you're talking about 20 leads, which doesn't, uh, sorry, a hundred leads, which, which, which doesn't seem as overwhelming as 20 sales. It's a hundred inquiries. Well, we know that our website, you know, converts at 5% or whatever it is. So we need, you know, 2000 visitors on our website, you know, this month. Um, okay, well, how are we going to get 2,000 visitors? Well, you know, we've got all these advertising mediums at our disposal and one of them could be SEO, which means that when you do sit down with an SEO provider, you can say, well, this is how many overall people we're looking at 
you know, hitting the website, we already have this channel and this channel and, and we, you know, we need another 500 visits per month. Um, we want them to be around these kinds of keywords, you know, what's involved. And, and those are the kinds of numbers. It sounds a little bit convoluted, but when you do boil it down like that, it's actually quite approachable and, and, and comfortable and, and, you know, those are the conversations that you can have and, and the targets you can set so that you're actually, I guess, you're, you're, you're really, I guess, drilling down, but also not drilling down. So instead of as a, an owner or a founder harping on about these 20 things, you're actually going back all the way down and saying, well, it's, it's 2000 website visitors. Let's focus on that. Let's make this metric better. Or, and just to throw another spanner in the works, or maybe we need better than a 20% conversion rate from our sales team. Maybe we need to increase that to 40%. Suddenly we only need 50 inquiries instead of 100. Like there's a, a lot of, I guess, numbers you could look at within this entire marketing system that, that you can um, focus on and look at it at different stages and, and give energy to. And, and that's, I think, the strength in really boiling down this marketing system rather than just focusing on sales. Yeah, for sure. And o- always going back to the numbers and looking at the data and trying to measure what it is that you're you're wanting to achieve definitely yeah definitely and it's hard I mean it's not easy sometimes numbers are really hard to find sometimes you're just guessing but I mean any kind of visibility is good right so definitely don't beat yourself up if you can't find these exact figures all the time um it's it's a hard thing to to look for and a lot of marketing mechanisms aren't always digital a lot of people phone you up out of nowhere and you haven't recorded that anywhere it's just hard it's hard it's not perfect (laughs) Nothing's perfect, Amy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the good thing is it's never perfect, right? So I often say that. I say, well, it's 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 always going to be imperfect. So at least it's consistent, right? The imperfectness of it is consistent. So measure what you can and your results will come out in what you can measure because at least it's consistent. <laughs> Consistently imperfect. <laughs> yes. Back to the consistency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, It's that message, yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, obviously, a lot of businesses are doing it pretty tough and marketing spend is often the first thing that gets. Yes. (laughs) But that shouldn't be the case, should it? (laughs) No. And, you know, when I was writing the book, I spent a lot of time trying to answer the question that we get a lot, which is how much money should I be spending on marketing? And we get it a lot because even if you're doing a budget, you know, it's great to know how much of your budget you can or you want to dedicate to marketing and um, really work towards keeping that and working all your, you know, margins and stuff around that. And and the research that we found was like 4% or 2 to 4% of your total revenue should be dedicated towards marketing, which is, I guess, in some ways not a lot, but in other ways a lot. What do you think about that number? I think it's that much, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I think <it> just, <laughs> I think we yeah. should all be able to afford two to four percent on on promoting yeah. our own businesses. Surely. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's easy because sometimes when I look at it, I always think about how um how how much money you know we spend on our our company, and and it goes in ebbs and flows. I think there's um there's a book called Scaling Up um by Vern Harnish, and he talks about how you need to uh, change your marketing spend, uh, I guess, in ebbs and flows based on whether your business is going through a growth phase or whether it's going through like a stable phase. 
So if you're launching a new product, if you are aggressively pushing sales, if you've just taken on a cost that you want to make back the money from, um, you might need to invest more than 4% in marketing in that period. But then in other periods where you find everything's kind of stable, the business, you know, revenue is looking good, everything's, you know, I guess, you know, just ticking along nicely that that spend could be less. So, um, or it could be bang on the 4%. But that's something to recognize as well is, is, is it should change because when you're pushing for new growth horizons, um, your, your percentages that you spend on things should change as well. If I don't have much of a budget, where should I be focusing my attention, do you think? Well, it just depends on where the bottleneck is in your current linear journey. So we do talk about that a lot. And depending on where your business is at right now, and it will change, um, there'll be a, a particular section of this journey from a stranger to a fan that is weaker than the other parts or not performing at what we call like benchmark or industry benchmark. Um, and identifying, you know, using your numbers or even anecdotally, you know, using the, the, um, the quiz that we've got in, in our book or on our website, you can identify which area is your weakest bottleneck at that stage. And there are so many things you can do to improve it without spending a dollar. And um, it, it's really just understanding that there is a weakness there and even small changes can make an impact. I was just going to say, so what, when you say, um, things you can do without spending a dollar. I'm sure everyone's ears pricked up. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I'll give you a really great example. So, so we, we use this methodology obviously every day and we, we encourage all of our customers and anyone we come in contact with to do this bottleneck quiz. And very, very, very rarely does someone tell us or it comes out that their bottleneck is attracting strangers or using, I guess, what we would call like um, attraction marketing. So like, you know, SEO, digital marketing, all that front-end stuff. Most of the time, there is another facet within their business that isn't quite performing a benchmark or isn't where they want it to be. And a really good one is in uh, product delivery. Oh, there's so many good ones. Product delivery is a really good one. So um, if you're a service-based business, um, there are there are lots of things that you can do, little things that can improve the chance of someone going from becoming just a, a customer through to becoming your biggest fan. And it's, you know, it's always something that gets talked about a lot is, is lifetime value and how important reviews are for your business and how word of mouth is all this. And it, it is really, really important, but how often do we deliberately sit down and look at how we deliver products and make sure they are not only delivered exceptionally well, but consistently delivered exceptionally well. So you know, we've spent a lot of time working with a service provider over the last couple of years who has a very, very wide, I think there's 45 people within their organization that deliver services every single day. And the problem with, uh, uh, well, not the problem, but the opportunity for a business like this is, is um, ensuring that their team delivers things consistently. Because if you call up this company one day and they get X experience, um, even if it's great, you might call up the second day. And if the experience is less than that, even if it's still good experience, it's going to seem like it wasn't a great experience. And if they call up a third time, even if the experience was still a very decent experience, they got what they, you know, what they paid for, all that kind of stuff, because they weren't getting what they got before, they're no longer going to be a fan of yours because they feel like you've taken it away from them. It's the same as if, you know, you had a good day one day, and the next day you're really tired and the baby was up all night or whatever. And so you gave a mediocre service and, and 
that kind of consistency and the lack of consistency can can be something that is first of all really easy to fix but second of all can make a massive difference on your business so measure it you know start send, sending out those net promoter surveys find out where you where you're at so how do we make sure then that every touch point of a customer journey is a great experience to be really fair consistency is and this is just this is my favorite word consistency is more important than um, than you know being exceptional. So if if you sat down and and you you know recorded the things that you do when someone purchases a product, um, from you know when they place the order all the way through to when they get it delivered, um, and beyond, what what do you do? I mean, everyone's business is different, but let's talk about a service based business. If you were offering services on a regular basis, uh, someone calls. Every single touch point from when you pick up that phone all the way through to when, you know, you've delivered what you need to deliver. What is that process? And I don't necessarily want exceptional. I want consistency. So what is the minimum you think you can deliver consistently every single time and work towards maintaining that for as long as you can? So I wouldn't touch on exceptional until you can promise me that you can deliver the same thing every time. And as you grow your team as well, them delivering the same thing every time. So it's really just capturing that as a process, the same way you'd capture another process around your business. Um, And then slowly over time, once you can deliver that consistently, you start making what we call marginal gains. So there's a really cool story about that's talked about a lot in business. It's like a, a cycling the Chinese cycling team or something going to the the Olympics and and they looked at this cycling team and they looked at everything they did in this race and they improved things by 1%, just little things. And eventually they ended up, you know, winning, um, I assume, and and, um, surprising everyone. And it wasn't through anything dramatic. It was just little tiny 1% improvements. And even though 1% improvements might not seem like a lot today, if you can consistently keep those changes if you can consistently improve little things one percent in a year's time you could have a completely different service and you didn't even notice incremental change yeah it's important isn't it 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 is and it doesn't feel like a lot and it feels useless at the time um because it's not having a massive impact today but when you look back on that and you go okay well as soon as we deliver our products and services um someone gets this or um when we hang up the phone, we say this. And when we answer the phone, we say this. And, and when we're talking to them, we repeat, you know, what they've said to us back so that they know that we've got it. Like just things like that. There are so many little bits and pieces that you can study. And a lot of the time um, when you when you founded a business, uh, you've, you automatically include all this stuff in your very first interactions with your very first customers. Like you go above and beyond and you do everything you can because you're excited about what you do and you want them to have the best experience. And over time, the business grows, you move out of that role, you, um, you're, you're more fatigued, like you, you, you're bored of the same conversation all the time. You know, all those things that you did at the start, they drop off because that's just the reality of owning a business. But how can you go all the way back and put your mindset in that, that first day and say, well, what did I do and what can we do as a business? It might not be exactly that, but what can we do as a business and what can we stick to to make sure that we give someone a consistently good experience? And over time, how can we make sure we slowly improve it? And that is absolutely free. That's so true. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it is, again, about that consistency. 
consistency yeah. consistency consistency three yeah. times look it's still a hard thing to do like i i profess to not be perfect at it either but it's it's better than doing nothing right it's better it's trying it and doing as as good as you can is going to always be better than just doing nothing now what do you think at the moment is delivering the best bang for buck in terms of marketing channels that's a really hard one um because everyone's businesses are quite different there's something that's worth a read um, is a book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. I'm not sure if you've – have you read it? No, I haven't. It's a really interesting one. He's this guy in the US and um, it's a fantastic book. And he has this, I guess, copywriting framework, which is about building a story. And it, 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 it's, it talks about positioning your business and yourself as the guide to someone else's journey. And it's almost like a language exercise where instead of going out on your website or on social media or in your sales conversations as we do this, I do this, I can do this, we do this best. It's reframing your entire conversation to identifying who the actual hero is in here and the hero is the customer, what their needs are, um, what their problems are internally and externally, and then how your products and services fix those as Um, you know, alongside you as the guide. And it sounds like an interesting one, but in every context that we have applied this language and this framework to someone's business, regardless of whether that is changing their wording on a Facebook ad, changing, you know, their, their website text, changing the the conversations that they, they have with customers uh, in their selling process, their proposals, their emails, every time we've changed the, the language, it's always ended up with a better outcome. Well, great businesses are solving problems for their customers, aren't they? Yeah, but a lot of the time when you um, you feel a bit silly really spelling it out, <laughs> um, but it, it, it works because the bigger you can make the problem seem, the more desperate they are for a solution. So if you spend the time going, um, you know, Dead batteries suck, you know. Not only um, do they stop you from doing the things you want to do, but they impact life-saving technology. You know, dead batteries can can stop a fire alarm working, a smoke alarm working. Dead batteries can stop, you know, your you know remote from doing something. I don't know, you know, that that kind of language. The, the bigger you make the problem seem, the more people go, "Oh my gosh, I need that long-lasting battery. Like, I need it." <laughs> Um, you're not going to them and saying, we have the, the longest lasting batteries, buy our batteries. It's different. It's a different conversation. And it's such an interesting one. Because Especially someone else has those longest lasting batteries, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where you go, the more you can make the problem seem crazy. And then when you talk about your solution and, and how that's going to help them, the more they're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, of course I'm going to buy that. Right. Like it creates the urgency, but, but yeah, to your question, like the, the one thing that it's not a technique, like obviously every business has a different, you know, customer base and and there are so many different channels working right now, but definitely the one thing that I see consistently working, regardless of the technology, regardless of the customers is just changing your way of thinking about how you talk about your business. That's interesting. (laughs) So don't like, Pour all your your money into Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said that, couldn't I have? But um, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things where um, even if you did and the message was wrong, 
it's a waste of money. Yeah. So, <laughs> so get get your messaging right. Get it right. And and yeah. and we um we're doing a project at the moment for an organization and um and they do I guess large tenders. <laughs> and they um they were talking about who the tenders are presented to and who the customer is and they'd written it in such a way that talked about why they're, you know, the right people to pick. But not once did they talk about how what they do is just a big a small piece in a, a bigger project that this particular company is tendering for. So it sounds really odd, but the way to structure that kind of conversation is, you know, our our involvement is to help you get the best final outcome for your project and we will help you achieve that. It's not all about me, 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 because as soon as you start making yourself the hero of the story, the more distant the reader feels from you as a company and, and you feel like you're almost competing with them. So I guess um, a final question for you about turning those those customers who are just browsers into super fans. Is there any strategy to get them there? Well, we um, so in in the the in my book, the Very Good Marketing Guide, um, we kind of we take you through that journey and help not 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 just businesses who currently have an organisation um, beating a bottleneck, which is that concept I was talking about before, identifying. Uh, where your biggest bottleneck is and starting there, but then building it from the ground up, which is also something that a lot of um, businesses we work with want to do. Like, let's just throw it all out and build the best case from the ground up. And um, and we say the same thing. We always talk about starting with the message, like what you're trying to communicate, because that's going to go across the whole system. Um, but then when you are building this, this kind of framework um, from the ground up, um, my recommendation is to always start with where the money changes hands, um, which sounds like an interesting one. If you're looking at this entire thing and you're going, oh, my goodness, I do not know where to start, um, take the bottleneck quiz, first of all, and grab a copy of this book because it's going to help you identify where your biggest weakness might be. But if you're coming and saying, I just want to start from the start, I don't really have a plan at all, I just want to build something, start where the money is because where the money is is normally where – you've got the best opportunity to find the people that may already know you exist and the goodwill that you've already put out there. So the day you start a business, you've probably told 10 people about you, right? The first question they're going to ask is how do I buy this service? So if you start with that conversation and turning, you know, those inquiries or those leads into customers and you figure out that process first, then you're done. At least you've got the quickest possibility of, of getting people over the line. If you come and, and start with Facebook ads or social media or whatever, but you don't have that part worked out, then you're going to lose the people that you've, you've brought in. Um, and from there, you just work your way out. So then how do you get the leads? How do you get the inquiries? Do you have a website? How do you bring people to the website? So start by making a, a, a seamless and frictionless a sales experience as you can? Yeah, I think so. I think it, logistically it's really like that's that's – normally the quickest and easiest way of of building your business is figuring out how to convert the most number of leads that are already sitting on your plate. Hmm. And what about those super fans? How do we make more, uh, this will sound terrible, but more use of them as a business oh, owner? Oh, no, it's true. Like um, they're, they're, there's no point, you know, having the best product delivery experience in the world if you can't, you know, do anything with them. Um, and that's really all about relationship building. So we talk about, you know, reviews, uh, repurchases and referrals and they're the three things you want from your super fans 
Um, and technically it could be to do with communicating with them via email, but I mean, how do you thank them for being around? How do you celebrate them for, you know, purchasing from you and how do you celebrate them from purchasing from you again a second time? Like how can you show them how much you value them? Um, and, and how can you keep in contact with them in whatever way that is, whether that's social media, whether that's an email, you know, email communication, whether you call them, um, depending on what your business looks like, it's, it's deliberately looking at these people and figuring out how you can get in touch with them and, and, and talk to them as much as possible. And it could be as easy as, you know, blocking an hour out in your calendar every two weeks just to look at them and figure out what to do with them. Just give them the energy that they need. They're the most important, important group of people in your entire repertoire because they are so, they're worth so much money. I mean, the other day, um, I was <laughs> with the girls, we were walking down to get coffee just down from the office and we all just kind of realised how much money we spend at this one coffee shop. And we go back every day. We spend five, ten dollars there every single day. We're spending thousands of dollars there a year. And they know our name and they always say hi when we walk in. They do all those little things that make the product delivery experience fantastic. But the day that that all gets removed, you know, it, it, we all know that like, it's so easy to, to just walk down to another coffee shop. Like it's, it's that product delivery experience is so important. And, and, you know, we keep coming back again and again, and they give us a loyalty card and they give us free things every now and then. And that's how they've chosen to celebrate their fans and, and really show us they value us. Yeah. We actually um, did an, a poll in our office like a, a few months ago on that very thing, like would you yeah. go back to the coffee shop if they <laughs> if they don't milk. remember your name yeah. or, your, or your order when you've been going for a while? Like, <laughs> it's but it's so true because when you actually think about it, what five dollars a day is like it's thousands of dollars a year. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's just crazy to think about that. Um, and and we're fickle people, you know you know it'd be great if, you know it'd be great if we could have the same consistent experience every single time but it's not always reality but how can you bounce back from that and how can you keep the consistent things consistent thank you so much amy on that note i think we should end we've come full circle we're back to the consistency so <laughs> thank you thank you very much no thank you it's my pleasure awesome bye-bye for now see you